All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. And welcome to Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror Movies. I'm Screwhead Dan. And I'm Screwhead Andrew. And we are here once again to dissect, dismember, and discuss horror movies. Today's horror movie is going to be the 2005 J-horror, that's Japanese horror, uh, Noroi the Curse, uh, which is kind of a found footage that I found a while ago through some random Reddit thread. Uh, we're going to talk about what we thought. think about it today. There will likely be minor spoilers, possibly major later on, but we'll warn you beforehand. That said, Andrew, how are we doing today? You know, man, I'm doing, doing pretty good. Uh, you know, uh, one thing I did want to say uh, is I was thinking about our last episode on um, Resident Evil. <laughs> I was just thinking about it, and I'm like, I feel like we spent a lot of time uh, shitting on it a little bit. And I was thinking to myself about, like, I don't know, I, I, don't, I, I meant to, but I don't know if I ever did say that like i feel like even though we shit on it a lot I do, you know i was still impressed by its um attempt and i think that like uh one, one of the things i wanted to say last time is i feel like adapting something's always really hard um because so i was thinking about uh have you ever read the, i don't think you i think i've talked about this you haven't read the books um cosmere books by brandon sanderson have you i don't believe i have now okay well, i was thinking about them and about like how they're talking about making adaptations of it um and how difficult it would be for them to tr- change these like uh, you know, like multi-thousand page books into a, like a TV series or a movie. And it got me kind of thinking about uh, Resident Evil and trying to convert the, those games into films. And like, I've been, mean, I think that all of our, uh, everything we laid against it, I think was fair. But I'm, like in the end, I, I did also want to put the caveat in the fact that, you know, this person made a movie and they tried. And, uh, you know, for as bad as it turned out, you know, I think they, they attempted to do something good with it. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, that's my, my mini yeah, rant. In aside. case uh, the director or any of the actors are listening to us, no, definitely, I, in, in, I definitely agree with you. It is very, very hard. Uh, people always say, you know, oh, why don't they take the plot or, of The Last of Us or take the plot of Uncharted and we just kind of translate that one to one to a movie, and it's just it's not it's not going to work the same. Just mm-hmm. the, the element of interactivity is not going to be as good. Um, and then when there's just literally nothing but the plots. I, I think it's a lot less engaging um, compared... Well, now, what am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is when that level of interactivity is added, um, I do feel that plots get a little bit of leeway because it's the game is the sum of its parts. Uh, I mean, that's the reason why people fucking love David Cage games and I can't stand it because um, the plots are really, really dumb. Uh, the stuff like um, Heavy Rain and uh, Detroit Become Human. Have you ever played any of those? I've heard a lot about uh, Heavy Rain. Yeah. But... but the whole thing is um, they're, they're dumb plots. They're really, really dumb plots. Uh, but the level of interactivity kind of puts a good spin on it. And it is definitely the games could the plots could play out in many many different ways depending on um the choices you make and they're very variable which is pretty cool but the plots themselves are pretty bad so hmm. yeah anyway uh cool yep. how are things going awesome. with you aside from my, my random rant about that <laughs> it is good um i played about gosh six or so hours of elden rain last night mm-hmm. and after this podcast i'm hopping right back on after i cleaned the place up a little bit uh yeah i am doing good Trying to think what's been going on in my life besides Elden Ring. Oh, did did I tell you the whole uh, saga in terms of how I uh, didn't receive a copy? No, no. Regale Fucking me. Fucking Bezos. 
So basically, um, I pre-ordered it off Amazon because I had a whole bunch of like rewards points there. Um, it said it was going to arrive Friday, the release date. Uh, didn't pop, didn't come. Um, it was in Georgia, and I live in North Carolina on Friday night. Then it was shipped on over to one of the towns right outside the city I live in, and it stayed there for all of Saturday. And then this morning, I took a look at it, and it's still in my city, uh, but it's not expecting until later today or possibly tomorrow as well. So I just said, fuck it. I went to Best Buy. I bought it there, and I'm just going to return the Amazon copy. Um, but yeah. It was, it was just kind of that one thing, like that one meme where Snow White is pressing up the glass and she's like, package. <laughs> you know, I actually have something similar with my uh, copy of Breath, not Breath of Wild, uh, what's that game called? Horizon Zero Dawn 2. I, I, mm-hmm. it, it said it shipped like last Tuesday, but then I didn't get it until like this Wednesday or something. And I was really confused because I know a lot of people had, had it and had work reviewing their copies of it. Not that I have any time to play it currently, but you know, I was, <laughs> I was waiting for it to come in. Uh, which I'm really excited to play. Have you played the first Horizon Zero Dawn? I did. Um, I liked it. I didn't love it. I thought it was a very, very solid open world game. And I really, really liked the story too. So I'm kind of excited for the second one as well. But to me, it's kind of a pick it up a year down the line when they come out with the edition with all the DLC and everything like that and not immediate must play right away type of game. Um, but worst. I did enjoy it. You're the worst. Yes. Get out of here. Go home. <laughs> I, I Honestly, I probably should have done the same thing. I'm not going to have enough time to play it for a while. Um, I actually, I might just, I hand over my, my sister has a PS4 and she's the one who first got me into it. So I, I've been buying the PS4 versions of games, and then I'll, you know, do the upgrade on the PS5 so she can play them too. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'll probably toss it her way before I even get to play it uh, and see. Uh, but did you see that apparently Aloy was on, like, Vogue or something? She, she was, like, I think it was Vogue. I think she's on the cover of Vogue oh, good magazine. And I'm like, oh, wait, look at you, you uh, not real person <laughs> being on the cover. <laughs> now, remember the Final Fantasy movie, The Spirits Within? Oh, great movie. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think, gosh, I remember who it was. I think it was Playboy who actually did, like, a spread of, uh, the main character, Dr. Aki, whatever her name was. Wait, really? Um, yeah, it was, like, her in a bikini or something like that. I need to look it up real quick. So. Now I'm, I'm interested just because I, like, I feel like the animation wasn't that great. Like, you know, it was, for the time it was great. And I think it actually looked Uh okay, but I just can't imagine a a Playboy version of that style of animation without that uncanny valley just, like, you know make it uh, not maxim. appealing that was it oh maxim yep. it was uh, yeah maxim and not only did they have her they also had the uh, male lead as well gray edwards um shirtless picture of him too so no but, i'll send that over to you I, for I, uh, I need research for science yeah you know <laughs> that, you know speaking of connecting to our previous episode uh one of the first times i ever heard of maxim was i think because either sienna glowery or milia jovovich from um Resident Evil was in it, and that's how, as a child, I learned out, learned what that magazine was, because I was, like, yeah. snooping around as to who these actresses were, and I was like, oh, apparently they're on Maxim, whatever the fuck that is. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Gosh, yeah, no, the uh, the movie that almost bankrupted Square, well, forced the merger at the very least. Oh, yeah, yeah these, are, these are pretty good, actually, animation-wise, I'm actually kind of impressed. I feel like... Yeah, no, it was definitely top of the line uh, when it came out, so it was, like, way ahead of anything else, it's just the movie was aggressively not great. <laughs> But I will say, I do like this kind of, I feel like there's like a, like, I was thinking about this with the, the new, um, the new Resident Evil, uh, sorry, Resident Evil 3 versus like Resident Evil 3, uh, the original one, Nemesis. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I feel like there's some quality to animation back then, like, cause you know, obviously the, the gameplay of Resident Evil Nemesis back then wasn't really great. Like the actual, uh, while you're playing at the end, it didn't look, the graphics didn't look great, but like the cutscenes I always mm-hmm. thought had this kind of nice sheen that like, I don't know, had this kind of like rubbery... I don't know how to describe it, but there was like a film, like, you know, there was like an, an, a datedness to the grain of the film in, within the game. 
And I mm-hmm. kind of miss that. I feel like, and I seeing, I'm seeing it in these pictures that I like. I don't know. I feel like it, it creates that separation uh, that to me like kind of saves the uncanny valley where like the, the grain makes me realize that yeah, this isn't trying to be realistic. So like I can my mind kind of ignores the uncanny valley. But then I feel like modern games, if uh, you know, if even it looks has higher quality graphics without that kind of sheen, that like film grain, it kind of triggers the uncanny valley for me because like I, I view it more as like a realistic thing. Uh, and I kind of mm-hmm. want them to bring back that weird, like, I don't know, fog, <laughs> you know, the, the lack of graphical clarity that makes me kind of accept the Uncanny Valley more. Uh, but Yeah, it, it's one of those things that just art direction is just as important as graphical fidelity as well. Mm-hmm. I, I played so many games where the graphics technically weren't that impressive, but I mean, just the art direction was fantastic. So we enjoyed it anyway. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually, right. the polygons on this thing are cool. It has, like, the picture of the polygons and then, like, the, I don't know what you describe it, the smooth frame, and then you have the actual rendering. That's actually really cool. hmm Wow. Now, now I'm, like, interested to know about how they did this. Anyway, but, yeah, back to the movie we're talking <laughs> about today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the movie, I went ahead and chose this one. Um, this is Norai the Curse, which is a 2005 Japanese horror uh, found footage, basically. And it's one of those movies I kind of stumbled across. I think it was some random Reddit thread where people were saying, what are some underrated J or underrated J horror or just um, what are, are some underrated horror films in general? And I stumbled across this one and I remember the poster kind of caught my eye. It's uh, one of the dolls from the demon um, in the movie that represents the demon basically. And I remember I kind of like saved it to my list and then forgot about it for a while and then one night I was just like you know what I'm in the mood for a horror movie I'm gonna go ahead and check this one out it did take me two tries to get through it though I will say that I started it got about 45 minutes through it and then I got through the second half the next night um it is a very very slow paced movie to start off with but overall I did really really enjoy it how about you no I'm in the same boat I loved it um and I don't know if it's you know uh in terms of recent films I've seen or not but like it had it had like that kind of, it was one of those few movies, like a recent movie that I've seen where I felt like the mystery really kind of drew me in and I wanted to know what's going on. Like it felt like the first time I saw The Ring, you know, like where I was really wondering what's happening or kind of like the first time I saw, um, what's that, Sinister, you know, like it, it, it's one of those movies that I feel like it really, I was curious and like I, I wanted to watch the mystery unravel and like I think they did a really good job, uh, you know, with the found footage and with like following around this detective guy, um, or not detective uh, reporter. Like I thought, they, it was really interesting. Like you, you mentioned that you you stopped uh, at forty five minutes, and you know, like I love the slow burn of this. Like I, I watched like, the first ten minutes. I think I told you, like I just kind of previewed it, and I was hooked. Like I came back, I stopped, and like... came back to it. But I was like, this is so interesting. Like I want to know what's going to go on. <laughs> You were just like the guy who's just randomly knocking on doors. And he doesn't care about politeness or anything like that. I fucking love this movie, dude. I, I know, like literally, like, I was so drawn in. Like, like when like, uh-huh. I think it was like that woman's acting. Like the, the, the first one he opens the door on, like her and her son. Oh, yeah. And I was just uh-huh. like, what the fuck is going on? This woman's fucking insane. And she's just, <laughs> and she's like, how dare you speak to me in this way? Which I'm assuming in Japanese is just like, she, he didn't use some sort of honorific or something like that. But yeah, yeah it could be some weird uh, translation. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, in general, just what would you say this movie's about then? Uh, so I think I almost kind of, it almost kind of feels like that uh, movie, that book, House of Leaves. To, that's like that's I can thinking of. Um, I never actually finished it, but uh, you know, it's basically it's about this. It's basically we're watching the footage um, that was left behind by this famous director who goes like an ex- uh, not sorry, this famous reporter who goes and kind of explores occult things. And basically, um, we find out at the beginning of the movie that this director 
a reporter was found, or not, well, not found, his house burned down with his wife's body was found there. Um, and he has been, not, hasn't been found. So we're watching these videos kind of of his last like couple weeks, I want to say, uh, before he went missing. Um, and it's basically he's investigating this uh, psychic phenomenon that's going on. Um, in Yeah, and he is one of my favorite parts about this movie. His full name is uh, Masafumi Kobayashi. And Kobayashi is just... His whole mantra is, I want the truth no matter, you know, what the truth is. I just want the truth. And that's what he's driven with this whole movie. And he puts himself in danger. He puts his family in danger, although unknowingly a lot of it um, throughout the entire movie, trying to figure out exactly what's going on with these mysterious hauntings and disappearances and psychic children and eventually accumulating with this demon um, that um, kind of plays a big hand in the third act. But uh, yeah, that's that. Anything else, Dad? Uh, it's hard because I don't want to spoil anything. But no, like I just think it's like I, I would suggest definitely watching it. Like I don't want to like I, to me like unraveling what was happening was the most interesting part. Um, and I feel like it that again I think it took a real ton of realism. Admittedly, I think that as somebody who's not from the culture, you know, I won't notice maybe poor acting or poor dialogue as much mm-hmm. because you know the subtitles and the you know the lack of understanding of the language really makes it easy for me to, to follow along and uh, I don't know not notice any acting or uh phrasing that might be odd in the language itself so you know that that part removed i might not be able to judge that but to me it felt really engaging really realistic um and i I just really enjoyed it Mm -hmm. yeah i would agree too so i guess this is the point where we can kind of go into the major spoilers um aspect yeah yeah because i i can't think of how to discuss this without spoiling anything it seems i would just say definitely if you have any interest at all i'd definitely say to watch it Found footage, J-Horror just expected to be kind of a slow burn, but uh, great payoff at the end. And, All right, and cool. I, so now we're going to... Yeah. One, one thing I will say, add into this, is I usually don't like found footage movies. I usually found them, like, I find them, like, aggravating and annoying. And, like, there's like there's a lot of that, like, why are you filming this? What's going on? And I feel like this movie has none of that. So, like, uh, I don't know. I think, like, even if you're not a fan of found footage movies, I think this is a, a good one. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right, cool. So now we're going to go into this spoiler territory. So if you're interested in watching this movie completely fresh, uh, which we would recommend, kind of drop off at this point um, and come back later. And we'll go ahead and do spoiler in three, two, one. All right, gosh. Uh, so yeah, um, I don't know what to talk about particularly, like where, where to start in this aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, so first impression, you said you were kind of drawn in from the mystery at the very, very beginning. What, what kind of like interested you in that front? Well, I just felt like the movie... It didn't play around and pretend there wasn't something going on. I feel like really in the beginning, like, you, you know, there was there was the report of him first going and knocking on that door, talking to the lady. But then we immediately hop into that variety show of them trying to, like, get kids to show their psychic abilities. And, like, you very quickly, quickly, sorry, see that, like, yeah, this, like, in this world, this does exist. This girl is bringing water out of nothing into a little container and stuff. And I thought that it felt like, I don't know, it, it wasn't beating around the bush. It was like, yeah, something's going on, just, like, immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked that. And I like that it, um, I don't know, I thought like that tying in aspects of like these variety shows and different segments of other shows kind of tied in, I thought was really interesting and made, made it kind of feel like you were discovering something. Like it almost felt like you were doing the research to a degree. So I thought that was really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Um, and there was a good bit of variety too, in terms of the found footage. Like there was one where he would go and try and interview someone, um, that uh, is associated with the crime or associated with the mysterious happenings that are going on. And then, like you said, we go into this 
Japanese reality show of this psychic kid and they have like the big text displayed on the screens and the corny music and the interview talking heads and that sort of thing too so it did a good job with kind of doing a variety of stuff um, always kind of switching stuff up even though it did get a little bit cheesy at points but I, I kind of like that especially with uh, Tinfoil Guy <laughs> oh yeah Tinfoil Guy was great I, I loved him and I tra- the track the beginning of the story like this because the story starts out like so like the how does this? In in terms of the story of them trying to find this demon, uh, finding like the first thing he hears about it is when he goes to that house, right? And he sees the woman in the sun. Like that's that's our first interaction. But that's that's like an unrelated thing, right? That's just like he gets called there because there's weird shit going on. Uh, yeah, I think so too. Okay, um, it just happens. It just happens yeah. to be connected later on. Because I know the, yeah. the the baby noise is what we hear later, which is I guess the fetuses we learn about, like the crying baby. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was that. So that was unrelated, and then we hop into the story of the little girl, and that's kind of the kicking off of the story of finding the demon and stuff. Because she, this girl who is uh, participating in like a paranormal experiment, I guess that's kind mm-hmm. of what is the impetus for his involvement, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. That, that that kind of that that in review and thinking about the beginning again, I was kind of curious to how that started off. But like, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Another thing, too, that I really liked about this movie, and it's kind of the thing I tried to poorly explain to you, um, is uh, one of the actresses in this movie who's kind of a central character. She's the one who has been afflicted with this curse, and most of the movie is trying to figure out what's happening to her and then preventing anything bad from happening to her. Uh, Marika Matsumoto, uh, That's she's actually playing herself um, in the movie, and she was is a pretty prolific um, prolific of a Japanese voice actress, or just actress in general. She did Riku in Final Fantasy X, Kingdom Hearts. Um, she was Deonce in Pokemon the movie. Oh, Deonce in the Cocoon of Destruction. That's the 2014 one. All right, that's a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, it, it's just a little bit of meta aspect that was brought in. I liked it. Um, yeah. I don't know. What, what, what scenes kind of stick out to you in terms of the mystery? See, well, that's, that's the thing that's weird about this, too, is I feel like it's one of those ones where there aren't really many crazy scenes uh, that, you know, like, I, 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 I was thinking about that trying to, in terms of what we discussed, there's not really a lot, like, to me, just, like, I don't know, finding, like, the, the weird tied knots and stuff and, like, the um, people just kind of disappearing and people getting hung and stuff. Like, I, like, they're just, like, creepy elements, but I feel like none of them stand out or, or are shocking or worth really, like, I don't know. Uh, it, it's, like, other than the, the actual ending, there's no scenes that I think really yeah. stand out to me. Um, now the last 20 minutes are insane and I love it <laughs> yeah well, but I think that's what makes it strong I think it's one of those things where there's not you know they're not they're not I don't know it's you know I feel like a lot of overproduced movies nowadays they'll have like you know you must have something happen at this point in the movie you must have some, like some big reveal here but it felt mm-hmm. like such like a a slow burn but a continual burn um, that like even yeah. when the end came up it didn't feel like shit hit the fan it just felt like a natural progression of what was going on throughout the story mm-hmm. um, you know it wasn't like you know, it wasn't like in that Resident Evil movie where at the end everything just happened, you know? Like, it was like, <laughs> oh, it's things are happening the entire time. Um, but I thought, like, there was, like, I don't know, the, the weird thing going on with, like, the um, the pigeons and shit just kind of appearing and disappearing and, like, I don't know, all the talk about the ectoplasmic worms. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, really, because at first I thought we were doing with an alien story when he's talking about ectoplasmic worms. I'm like, oh, God, it's a weird alien story, you know, tinfoil hats and whatnot. Um, and I'm really glad it didn't go in that direction. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but how did you understand? So, I want. How did you understand the the lore of the story? 
Um, so basically, kind of the lore of the story was there was this demon. Um, was the actual demon called Noroi? Uh, I can't no, remember. Because uh, it, it's Ka- been a few weeks. Kagutaba. Kagutaba, that's right. Yep. Uh, Kagutaba is this demon that was part... It, it's basically, I guess, one of the themes of the story is big city planning versus rural Japanese villages being paved over in order to um, be better um, or to import more stuff or build more stuff. Um, but yeah, there was a small village, um, and every so often the uh, ghost of Kabutaba, or the demon Kabutaba, needs to be appeased uh, through some sort of ritual. And as time progresses and society progresses, the village is basically gone completely empty for the most part, or become really, really small. And then also the shrine where the Kabutaba demon was housed was paved over to create way for a dam. Um, so... Kabutaba has kind of come back up again and starts afflicting people uh, randomly, and it kind of manifests itself in various ways, uh, one of which was um, birds kind of slam into windows nearby and kill themselves. Um, Another one is just like visions or hearing a baby crying. And then also, too, during this time, there's this young girl who's been discovered to have psychic powers and just minor psychic powers. She can, like, read what's written on a piece of paper that's sealed away in a box. She can create model, uh, water in a, a water bottle out of nowhere. Um, and it's going on through on that point. And then the main crux of the movie is uh, Marika Matsumoto, the actress who's playing herself again. She gets afflicted with this curse. And not only are they trying to find the truth of what's really, really happening behind the scenes... But also, we're trying to figure out um, how to save her as well. So, yeah, what else would you add on to that? No, that sounds, that's basically what I got out of it. Like, I was kind of curious uh-huh. at sometimes as to what the risk was. Because, like, we have those other people, um, you know, the guy, the guy who, like, the guy in that apartment building and her upstairs neighbor, like, those people who get kind of killed and, like, you know, commit suicide. Do you know why that? Why did that happen? Were they sacrifices to Kagutaba? Were they being possessed by? It? Was that was that a curse? And like Marika was just like, I, I guess like as much as like, you know, I enjoyed the story. I didn't, I didn't quite get what Kagutaba, sorry, Kagutaba's goal was. I'm assuming at this point, I mean, usually, well, <laughs> a lot of Japanese demons are kind of based on social norms and expectations and the adherence or not not adherence of um following them like there's you know the japanese toilets there or there's a japanese toilet demon who puts gives you the uh thing you got to put the lid down there's the one about manners and being polite uh that's the foot that kind of stomps up from the back and then you have to like turn around and let it pass um otherwise it's gonna get really pissed off at you um one of my friends actually she studied Japanese folklore for a long, long time, and it's all based on some sort of moral or lesson that they're trying to teach the younger generation, which I found really interesting. And this one in particular, though, I I really don't think there was anything besides Kabutaba is really, really pissed off that a dam was created over their shrine, and they just want revenge um, for it. Okay. Um, And then also, too, like, the thing that really gets me, because it's been a few weeks since I saw this movie, one of the big cruxes, one of the best reveals near the end of the movie, too, is we slowly discover that um, these fetuses have been kind of stolen away by this nurse or midwife that's been um, possessed by Kabutaba. And we don't know what happens to these fetuses, but at the very, very end of the movie, we see a vision of the psychic girl who has some sort of link to this demon in a shrine and you, you see her through like night vision or something like that it's not through standard human vision 
uh, but she's surrounded by all these fetuses. So I'm wondering if like Kabutaba is trying to seed itself elsewhere in Japan. Um, but yeah, that, that was a great moment. Yeah. Well, cause that, How about you? Well, what do you think about that? Well, they learned in the story is that apparently originally when they like summoned Kagutaba, they like fed, uh, they fed somebody like, like another psychic medium. They fed them a bunch of like baby monkeys or something like that. So like, mm-hmm. so, uh, Ishii, the, the, the woman who was possessed by Kagutaba and performed all these abortions, like really late abortions. So they were basically like developed fetuses, like really late, uh, taken out of the mothers. Um, was that it was like I think it was to give her a, to give Kagutaba another vessel essentially, was I think the mm-hmm. goal. So like the, I I guess like so it was to move Kagutaba because I wonder if maybe the original Kagutaba was like buried. I think that's what what is is it was buried um, in that shrine under there. So maybe yeah. it was like stuck there. So this was the goal to move Kagutaba by giving it a new vessel by taking Kaori, giving her the fetuses and like making her a eligible vessel. And I guess Ishi uh, was just another. I don't know, uh, mode for Kagatawa to get around in, essentially, like a, you know, a rent- yeah, rental body. Yeah, a way to manifest itself. Rental body, <laughs> yeah. I like the way you say that. Yeah, because, I mean, that's that's always what it is in these demon possession movies. It's just, you know, they possess people to get their means and whatever they want to do, so, yeah. So then, okay, so let's talk about the ending, because that, that's what kind of confuses me a little bit then. Okay. So, um, you know, for, for anybody who's still listening hasn't seen it yet, full spoilers for the ending. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I mean, we haven't spoiled too much yet at this point, really. Uh, but you know, clearly, if you want to if you want to watch it, you want to surprise the end. Like the end is the money shot, so I would say like stop now and go back to it. Um, but so the the end happens, right? So they go to the they go they perform the Kagutaba ritual again over the water, and this is when um, shit goes crazy. Marika gets possessed again. Um, uh, they, they we see the image of Kaori being uh, covered in the fetuses essentially, um, and they end up going into Ishi's house, finding her. Uh, and basically killing her, I think, Clinton finding, um, sorry, Kana, the girl, Kana's body's there, the, the girl who's kidnapped and covered in is dead, um, but they end up taking mm-hmm. home her son, uh, Ishii's son, who was adopted, and at the end, basically, uh, it's revealed that the son is actually Kagutaba, or Kagutaba has possessed the son that, uh, they take into their home, essentially, so, um, it ends up manipulating, um, the reporter's wife into killing herself, and like, uh, Kobayashi's wife, into lighting herself on fire, and then he disappears. Kobayashi disappears. Um, so I guess my question is for for the end of this is uh, so is what happened that uh, Kana became the vessel, and then it possessed the son, like possessed the boy. Like the boy was the actual, like she was the means to summon Kagotaba, and then it got put into the boy. Or was it that like we misunderstood, and, and in reality, the boy was the vessel all along, and he was the one being fed the fetuses or something. So I'm kind of thinking this similar to The Empty Man. The reason, the, the, the idea I got from this movie was the entire time Kabutaba is trying to possess someone and they're trying to, um, you know, get the means to the very, very end. And I do think Kabutaba's end game was to create some sort of vessel for himself, which I'm assuming was the young boy. Because we don't know anything about this young boy. It hasn't been mentioned before at all. So I'm assuming Kabutaba is now possessing this young boy. I think Kabutaba actually is this young boy and through some sort of ritual means and creation and the fetuses and bringing it all together, that is the actual physical manifestation of Kabutaba as this young boy, which we kind of see uh, during the very last struggle with um, everyone. The camera like moves in on the boy and you can see his face is all distorted and looks really weird and it, it's a great moment. 
Um, so I'm assuming, you know, now Kabataba walks among us and then he leaves with Tinfoil Guy to do whatever it is that demons do at that point, which is probably something very nefarious. That's what I got out of it. That's the thing to do, because at the end, the Tinfoil Guy tries to kill the boy because he realizes that he's Kagotaba. He, like, mm-hmm. he, he bludges him to death with the rock, or which I think is what makes his face all distorted originally, and gives him that Kagotaba yeah. face. Uh, so, like, then then, this, then then he possesses Tinfoil Hat Man as well. Yep. And they go out together. To, That's oh, what I'm assuming. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't have Tinfoil Hat on at that point, right? Because he's wearing his... Uh, He's wearing his uh, hospital gown, so I guess he's he's longer yes. no protected. Ooh, that's a good point. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, I guess that kind of makes sense. But yeah, but his, yeah. Um, I, I will say I like, I like the Kagotaba like face look, that weird like eye mouth thing. Like that looks like, like the the warm face. Um, did you ever see? Um, you watch SpongeBob SquarePants, right? Oh yeah. Do you remember the episode of the chocolate where he's trying to sell the chocolate? Yep. And there's like, and he goes and finds that old worm lady sitting in the wheelchair, and it's just like a worm. And he's like, rub mm-hmm. the chocolate on me. It'll make me young again. <laughs> that 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 little worm face is Kagotaba. And then when we learn that Kagotaba is like the god of worms, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I feel like somebody watched that episode of SpongeBob and was like, that's our, that's going to be our creature right there. Um, Some Japanese, uh, you know, film director was their film staged and or whatever it was. It was just like, ooh, it's a SpongeBob. Yes, <laughs> this is where I'm going to talk get this inspiration from but i i do like as you mentioned the the, the theme that like you know it, it's the idea of like the encroachment on nature like a, a development encroaching on nature and stuff and like uh i think that and i think that you know that is i think actually almost a very common uh especially in kind of japanese folklore and japanese stories and like just in general i think you know and, and all i think stories uh the the kind of technology versus nature thing is really big Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that is something, one of the big problems that Japan is frustrated right now. Not only is their fertility rate is um, pretty low, but at the same time, too, so many people are kind of moving to the cities, and the Japanese government is providing incentives for people to um, kind of move on out to these countryside villages because no one wants to do it. Another interesting fact I learned, too, fairly recently is most houses are actually not built to last like in the western world and um, most houses are built as an investment you kind of expect it to appreciate in value as time goes on not so much with japan they're expecting kind of one or two generations to live into it then they tear it down and pop up a new one as well Um, so there's a lot of these countries in or the countryside houses that are kind of dilapidated or empty because not only no one wants to live there but at the same time too there's no additional developments and the value of these houses isn't too big either so real estate is a whole other ballgame around there really i did not know that yeah it was interesting i I don't remember where i read that somewhere on reddit probably but uh yeah that's that um yeah any other kind of scenes that stuck out to you really interesting to you or kind of um in general not really again like i just think that like all i just think that as a whole the documentary style and and like the um found footage that was just, I think was just really effective um and like again so as a result it, like there were no like huge moments to me just because I felt like it, it was done so naturally that it didn't feel like there were these big set pieces other than the end um mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if there are any ones that really stood out but no like I think you know I I don't know I I, I I don't I'm not it feels bad saying that there's no parts that stood out <laughs> to me but like I think that I think that's a praise of it in the sense that there were no parts that seemed like oh this was good while the rest was bad it was like a solid film throughout 
Uh, slow burn all the way through yeah and that's i i I did like the way you put it earlier in terms of it is a slow progression and it just it feels like it slowly ramps up to its natural craziness it's not like there's a high moment and then a low moment a high moment and a low moment it's just slowly as the movie progresses and you're more and more drawn into it you are more and more drawn into the craziness Mm -hmm. and by the final you know 20 minutes which are i fucking love the last 20 minutes but it's, it's kind of insane on that point yeah, well, and and, and, yeah. and like, these are the kind of movies that I love because I love these movies where they kind of build the story out and you learn about like the creature, or the mythology behind it. Like these, these are like the kind of ghost story stuff that I really like. Um, it's like you know, that's why I really enjoy um, Sinister and stuff because I like to like the, the uncovering of Bagul and what it was and stuff. I think some movies do it really poorly. Like there's that Countdown movie about the demon that like counts down your death day, but now it's a cell phone app. Like, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> weird, weird choice, but like, again, the, the interesting elements. And I, I, I like stories like that. I like to try and discover what's going on. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I thought this was really well done. Um, and it felt, it, it didn't feel, feel dumb. And like, it was one of those things too, where I feel like, you know, like there, there were, you know, they had the expert who knew about these things, but like, it never felt like, here's the demonologist. It was just like here's people who've heard some things or like, here's this person who has a book with this thing referenced in it. But like, it's not like they don't have like a bunch of exposition. They're just like, yeah, here's a ritual that's performed in this back country area. Like that's all I know. Sorry, man. And you're like, Oh great. That sounds like <laughs> it's enough to get us moving along, but it's not like that thing where there's that guy who's just like, I understand everything about this demon. Here's all his backstory. <laughs> yeah. It's not like the director's poking its head in and saying, okay, let me go ahead and share all this exposition, uh, exposition to you. And then they kind of poke back out. Yeah. It's not like that. What I felt too. Um, it's very natural. And that's another thing too, with this found footage formats and especially with the main character, you know, the main character's whole thing is the truth no matter what and of course he would have a camera on him at all times as he's recording all this stuff of course he would do this and do that um it, it all feels very natural for a found footage movie the only thing that stood out to me is at the end where um his wife's on fire and he's like yeah he's like he's like oh no i forget what her name is but he's like screaming her name and he grabs the camera he like turns around grabs the camera and like starts scooting away but which makes me wonder like, <laughs> like first off what camera is watching you do this and secondly like well, He's like, my wife's on fire. She ran to the side of this room, and he like grabs, he like turns around and grabs the camera, and then crawl after her. And I'm just like, man, uh-huh. like that's that was the only part where I was like, all right, that's a little weird, buddy. Um, a little bit, yeah. But okay, so here's here's what I'm thinking too, and this is just something that kind of popped in my head right now. So the final 20 minutes, when you know he gets attacked and his wife sets herself on fire and burns the house down. Um, later on, the video is sent without a return address to his company, who basically kind of gets an indication of exactly what happened to it. I'm wondering, too, if at this point it might just be the demon who actually sent it to kind of, as a say my name or, you know, everyone should know about this sort of thing. What do you think about that theory? Yeah, see, that, that's what, that, uh, and I saw that, too, and I was like, I'm assuming that it was implied that the demon sent it, because I don't know why he would have. But then it, uh-huh. it is that kind of thing, like, does Kagotabo want to be known? Is it, like, a ring-like thing? Is it, like, a Freddy thing where it needs belief in it? And that's what mm-hmm. spreads it? Because, like, I'm like thinking about it, like, Marika got uh, cursed because she, like, saw Kagutaba or something in the darkness, or the boy in the darkness that night. But, like, is it spread by belief? Like, what's what's the... How does Kagutaba function in that regard? Um like that, that's I guess kind of my question because like if Kagotaba's goal is just to get the vessel, why would it want to then announce that it's out by sending this thing out? You know, it seems kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, again, like, yeah, maybe there's part of it we don't know, or maybe there is some like I don't know, uh, spreading the knowledge of it creates you know more Kagotaba. Maybe the worms. 
I guess if you think about it, yeah, the 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 guy, um, the people who committed suicide, I guess were just kind of bystanders who knew of Kagotawa and like were in its proximity. So yeah, maybe it does. Maybe it, you know it develops these worms that infest people's minds. Essentially, uh, mm-hmm. maybe that's a thing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's maybe that's how you get All cursed. Right. Maybe maybe this is the beginning of the ring. Maybe this is you know another ring came. <laughs> I know Ringu came out long before this, but maybe like <laughs> maybe you know. Kind of inspiration from that, definitely. Yeah, or, or Spiral. I can't, right, cool. I, think, I can't remember if the Ring or Spiral. I think Spring came out. It was Ring and then Spiral is the second one, right? I think so, too, yeah. Yeah, or, or Razen. Go ahead and look at Razen, whatever it's called. Yeah. No. Which um, I just realized that yeah. that, that Saw movie that, that, that they called this, that, that Saw remake saw, Spiral, which is... Anyway. Um, <laughs> stealing the... the uh, yeah, Ring was... Uh, well, the novel for Ring was uh, 91, okay. so... And then and the spiral was the second one. Yeah, that one was weird. The spiral was weird. Uh, <laughs> it's been a while since I watched it, but that one was weird. Um, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely, you know, I really like this movie. Uh, the director, I did hear a couple good things about him as well. He actually uh, directed uh, Sadako versus Kaiko, <laughs> um, which I haven't seen, but I've heard mixed reviews about it, that. That's it was the weird. Rain Girl versus. But there was another one he directly called Occult as well, which is 2009. I hear it's good, but not as good as, uh, not as good as, uh, no, 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 Yeah. No, Roy. So I hear both of good things from that as well, but, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I would, I would definitely recommend this movie. It seems like he does a lot of these movies actually like looking, like looking through his, uh, looking through his filmography it's a lot of like cursed movies a lot of like begrudge and stuff um mm-hmm. i think like that's all all it all he does uh yeah which you know that, that, that's really cool Ooh, he does he does one called teke teke which is apparently another one based on a uh japanese urban legend urban legend about a girl who fell through like a rail line or something i mean i mean i'll be checking that out that's, that sounds pretty cool i i, I want to watch more of these movies actually this kind of really got me on the idea of or uh back into the idea of watching these films. I feel like I used to watch all of these growing up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because high school for me was kind of all the J-horror stuff. All right, so if you're kind of in a J-horror mood right there, I would definitely... Ooh, this actually might be the next movie we could do. Uh, Pulse, have you ever seen that one? Oh, yeah. Okay, the, J- the original Japanese version? Oh, yeah, I've seen it. And, and I, I unfortunately have also watched the uh, three American ones. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's another really, really great Japanese horror movie. So I don't know, maybe we could do that next. The, the, I think next one we should do is uh, the remake to uh, Leprechaun, because that, that will be Leprechaun time. It's March is Leprechaun <gasps> yeah. time, right? That is March is Leprechaun okay. time. All right, I thought, sounds good. I thought we do Leprechaun, right, cool. Leprechaun Origins is, is what it's called. Uh, <laughs> and it's... Uh, it's weird that it's called that, because it's a reboot, and it has nothing to do with the other Leprechaun, but... Uh-huh. <laughs> you know it's it has uh some wrestler hogglesworth or something or hogswaddle i can't remember what his name is um, <laughs> but i uh i remember watching it in korea actually when, when i was supposed to be planning lessons one day i think it was at the summer uh before our my second year and i was like sitting in some coffee shop and i was supposed to be planning out the mother's class that i had to teach and instead i watched that movie <laughs> so <laughs> it's a great one Good stuff. All right, cool. Well, I guess we're going to do that one for next uh, time. Uh, shit, there was something else I wanted to say, too. I don't remember. Was it about the new Texas Chainsaw uh, Massacre? Uh, no, no. I'm, pretty, I'm, I'm hearing we, terrible do we, do we, things. We, I'm hearing really bad yes, things. do we have to do that one? No, I don't, I don't think we should do it. I'm, I will watch it someday. I don't have the the bandwidth right now to watch it. I just I feel like I'm be angry or something. Actually, probably not. Honestly, I don't care that much. I, I have never really thought those movies were great. I think the first one is a good like horror movie, but like... I don't think I hold them as close to my heart as a lot of people do, so I probably won't be that offended. I'll probably 
Yeah. You know, I'll be like, I'll, I'll Yeah, I'm kind of the same way too. First is a good horror movie. Second was entertaining. It was definitely kind of that. And then everything else beyond that was just kind of like, eh, don't really care. Yeah, no, exactly. So, all right, cool. All right. All right, awesome. Well, uh, we'll probably do Leprechaun next. Um, yeah, oh, that's, I know what I was going to say. Uh, so, Noroi uh, can be found on Shudder, so you can actually go ahead and, and watch that now. It's one of those movies that was a little bit hard to find for a long time, but now it is on Shudder. And then uh, I found this out, too. If you don't have Shudder, it is available for free on YouTube, the full movie, which I actually sent to you. Uh, so, as of this recording, you can watch it on YouTube. <laughs> and it's definitely worth watching. Like, please do. It's It's... I, I feel like it's one of the better cinema experiences I've had lately. Uh, so I would say it's, it's you know, highly suggested. It's probably going to be better than Leprechaun, that's for sure. How dare you? Leprechaun <laughs> Origins is a great movie, and there's nothing wrong with it. And they, they definitely didn't abandon that plot line immediately after making it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sounds good. Well, thank you so much to our opening band. That is Teddy's Atlas with the song Horror Movie Story. You can get them off the album Children of the Corn. They are good, good Canadian boys. I'm going to get back to Elden Ring. Uh, Andrew, any final thoughts? Uh, Any horror movie news that's been going on recently? Uh, not horror movie news, but Digimon Fest was yesterday, and I hear they are announcing uh, possibly a follow-up to Digimon, the last Kizuna movie, which ended the original Digimon characters, but for the sec- but now for the second season of Digimon people, so like Davis and them. So I'm just saying, if anybody's interested in Digimon, uh, it sounds like there's some pretty good stuff coming on the way. My 90s self is excited. <laughs> no, I was always more of a Pokemon kid. Oh, the new Pokemon game was announced today. A new one? It was announced? What, what is it? Yeah, it's uh, Scarlet and Violet, I think it's what it's called. Um, is it like a red and blue knockoff? Uh, no, it's like the next mainline Pokemon oh, Jesus entry. Jesus fucking Christ, they need to stop. Yes. No. <laughs> like... It's the literally the biggest media franchise in the entire world. Like, bigger than Mickey Mouse, bigger than anything else. You know, at least um, going back to colors and not like fucking Sword and Shield and Sun and Moon and like X and Y. Like, which is fucking... Yeah. Like, I, I'm, did, have they announced the starters yet? uh there's a trailer i haven't looked too into it at this point oh, right. you know yeah. maybe if it may implement something like the pokemon i've heard the legends rcs game is pretty good i've heard it's like a big nostalgia trip for people who like the original so i might have to get that yeah i hear point. it's really good too it's just it's not very technically impressive but the gameplay is pretty solid so oh. wait when what yep. was the last mainline pokemon game was that sword and shield uh sword and shield arceus um and then the remake of diamond and pearl as well okay but yeah, sword and shield was the last mainline one. how long ago is that two years ago three years ago four years ago <sighs> I want to say three years ago. Okay, because yeah, Diamond and Pearl just came out. That was the remakes. Yeah, okay. All right. Yep. Uh, Pokemon. Right, cool. Crap. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for listening and stay groovy. Bye.